Amen. So let's go ahead and get into God's word. And so let me pray, and then we will we will get get started. Father God, it is good to know that we come to a God who reigns, to a God who is sovereign and in control over, over every detail, not only in our life, but also, God, in the events of the world. It's good to know as a son and daughter of yours that Satan has to ask permission to mess with us. That just shows how much in control you are over our lives. And for that, we say thank you. Thank you. That even while we go through various forms of trials, various forms of suffering, you, you, you reign. And even in that suffering, you allow us to experience your goodness. And for that, God, we say again, thank you. We thank you this morning for Christ who makes this, this room possible. It is because of him that we, that we gather. It's unto him that we gather. It's, it's because of him we are able to fellowship and to love each other just as you have loved us. So please, this morning, make much of yourself. Make, make much of the one who, who saves, who sanctifies, and who, and who will one day return to receive his own. God, will you please now uh, uh, be exalted as your word is preached? Will, will, will Christ come forth as glorious in a, in a glorious possession for those who know and love him? Will you make this possible by the work and demonstration of your spirit that he would captivate, grasp, convince some, convict others to be conformed to the very image of himself. Father, we thank you. God, we love you. Know that I, the one who speaks now for you, needs you to speak through me to your people. Make my mouth that as a ready writer for your glory and for the good of your people. I ask it in your son's name. In this morning, we've been called the Beatitudes. So today we will continue along that line. Uh, when you see, when you look at Christ, who is the greatest preacher, preaching the sermon, uh, it's a sermon that really says that, that those who belong to him in heaven really are called to live this upside-down life on earth. That it is because of our position in Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, that we are able to live this life that, that is different than those who do not know Jesus. Also, we've learned that in this sermon, that, that, that it's more that, that, that he, he first highlights who we are than what we are called to do first. That, 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 that he says that we are to be before we do. Uh, that we who are called uh, to be in him First and foremost, before we are called to do anything for him. Let me say it again, that his sermon, it, it highlights who we are in him, but also then what we are to do for him. Up front, that we see how Christ, he, he examines our hearts first and then says, now do this 
to others. Examining your hearts, being, doing to others, that's doing. But also in the sermon, in the Beatitudes, it is Christ himself who is the blessed one who describes and defines what it means to be blessed in the kingdom. If you have forgotten, let me just remind, uh, remind you, let me run down the list of what it means or, or how Christ describes those who are blessed. First, he says, blessed are those who see their ruin because of sin, and they run to, the, to God to receive his righteousness in Jesus. He says, blessed, happy are those, feel the joy of those who mourn over their sin, the sin of others, and the sin of the world, and are comforted by a sinless Savior. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the eternal rest of Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied in Jesus. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Again, for they will, they will be satisfied, made full because of Christ. Blessed are the merciful who will extend the forgiveness and, uh, and goodness of Jesus to all. Blessed are the pure in heart who realize their inability to cleanse themselves and others. For they see and pursue the holiness of God in Jesus. And then last Sunday we heard, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peace fakers, or the peace breakers. For they faithfully point and pursue people to Jesus, who is our peace. As we believe these things by depending on God and confessing our sins and extending his mercy to all and, and pursuing peace with all, we are then invited into this last beatitude, harassed. Blessed are the persecuted or happy are the harassed. If what most scholars say about the Beatitudes, and that is that each Beatitude builds upon itself, and then uh, it, it goes from being easier to more difficult, that this last Beatitude is the, is the greatest and most difficult Beatitude of them all. And as, as we cover this last Beatitude, we would, we, we would see three things that Christ is going to address and this last beatitude, and they are the reality, the reason, and the reward for our persecution. The reality of persecution that comes with persecution. Let me read for us uh, Matthew 5, verses 10 and 11. The word of God says this, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. 
the Bible is clear of two great truths. Number one, that God, he is the savior of mankind. And that those who, whom he saved will also suffer persecution. It is so much so that Paul, the great apostle, writes in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, this. In fact, everyone who wants, that is, desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul, again, this great apostle, he pens this letter to the church at Philippi. And he says, and he, and he says to them these words in chapter 1, verse 29. For it has been granted, that is, graced to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Uh, to Paul, persecution was not a plight to be avoided, but a privilege to be embraced. I wonder, do you see, as Paul sees, that suffering for Christ is a gift a grace, and a blessing. Persecution is the reality of every son and daughter of God. If you have never received ridicule, criticism, or rejection as God's child, you have to ask and research and ask the question, man, is my faith really genuine? But if I serve a holy God and live in a defiled and dark world and nobody is offended at my life or my words, man, 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 am I really serving the one who saves? I think in out of Philippians, when Paul says, man, not only has it been granted for us to believe but to suffer. I think Paul, he's trying to link up this last beatitude that we see in Matthew chapter 5. Now let me clearly define what I believe is persecution. Persecution is any hostility, hate, hurt, or harassment experienced as a result of our devotion to Christ and not some cause. That persecution for Christ's sake is not about some, some good and grand call. It's, it's not to suffer because I am a Democrat or a Republican. No, it's, it's, uh, it's about suffering, hurt, being hurt. In verse 11, Christ informs you and I of three forms of persecution. The first one is... Persecution might come through insults. He says, you are blessed when they insult you. Literally cast words in words in your face and to mock you with a vicious intent. That people will insult you. They will get up in your face and talk about you. It's a form of persecution. But there's another form, so that's verbal. There are two verbals and one nonverbal. The nonverbal is persecution, which can be experienced from mild to extreme. 
we see acts of this in the as early as Acts 5 in our Bible. But if we look at present day persecution, open doors, that is a ministry that 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 supports those who are being harassed, hurt, I say, persecuted for Christ. This ministry comes alongside them to serve them. And here are the numbers that they say that are, that are happening throughout the world. They say this, that 255 Christians are being killed every month. That's 3,060 Christians killed every year. 104 are being abducted. 180 Christian women are raped, sexually harassed, and forced into marriage. And one article I read about how a guy over in Iraq came to Christ, he and his wife, and those who came in, they, they made him watch him rape his wife and his daughters because of their faith in Christ. It says that 66 churches are attacked and 160 Christians a month are detained without trial and imprisoned. Persecution, if you are a son and daughter of God, is both to be accepted and expected. In fact, if persecution is not your experience, either you live in the most unusual circumstance, i.e. America, I don't think we take, we praise God enough that we are able to do this freely. That we're able to gather in a movie theater and worship God without the threat of losing our, our family, our, 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 our life, our kids. That we take this thing lightly, that we can gather and call on Christ freely. And yet many of us, we gather under Christ, our Savior, and we're not grateful at most times. Here's the truth. If you're not suffering of any form of your faith, something is lacking or wanting in your faith and practice. If you're not suffering insult and or physical abuse of mild or extreme, but also, he says, slander, saying every kind of evil against you. Slander can arise from people misunderstanding, but most times it is, it is an obvious and malicious twisting of the truth to destroy your character. That people will lie on you and we'll see in a minute of the reason. The point is this. Paul, Peter says in 1 Peter 2.21 that if you are a Christian, you are called to suffer. That's your lot. Paul says that's your blessing. And Christ says blessed are you when you are Persecuted, but then he gives the reason why you should be persecuted. Again, let's read verse 10 and 11. He says, This blessed are those who are persecuted 
because of righteousness. Highlight, underline, do something with that phrase. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. If you are for you for blessed when they insult you and what? And they and I you for falsely uh, uh, saying every kind of evil because he says of me. Jesus says this. This is the first time that Christ inserts himself into the sermon. And he says that, be, that whenever you, are, you suffer insult, whenever you are being done wrong physically, that, 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 that whenever somebody is slandering your name for my sake, not for your cause, you are happy, you are blessed, you are to be filled with joy. The reason why we suffer is not because of a, a cause, but because of a person, and his name is Jesus. The, the, the foundational reason that, that, that the followers of Christ suffer is because of our love and devotion for Jesus. And I asked the question, when was the last time you suffered not because of your sin, your wrongdoing, but because you decided to live and stand up for Jesus? How many of us are willing to lose our all for the one who gave us all to give us all in himself? Are you willing to suffer for Jesus? That's his point. And y'all, if you read in Luke chapter 6 and the context of the, of the same sermon kind of, he said that this kind of suffering, persecution, it comes at the hands of religious people. <laughs> Those who go to the temple of God, but it's not the temple of God. Those who go to a building that is, that goes to a building that is the church, but not a part of, but it's not part of the church. That religious people, he says in Luke 6, are the ones who will insult you, do you wrong, and slander your name. Now, not you in here. Nobody in here does such things. But he's saying, listen, listen, it is those, it is those who, who call on God. It's those who know the Bibles. It's the ones who can quote you scriptures. Those who are religious and not in a relationship with Jesus. Of those who will perform such acts. I remember when I was, when I was starting Omni Fellowship uh, a couple of years ago. I was going around town sharing my, sharing my vision, sharing my heart, uh, where I felt like God was calling Omni uh, to be. I really believe that the gospel had the power to bring all people, no matter the, their ethnicity, class, or generation, that God, that, that God had the power to bring all people together to be one and to love each other as he has loved us. As I was sharing this vision, as I was sharing my heart with a particular pastor in, in the area, he said, so you're going to start a church with white people. You're going to have a church where there are both Democrats and Republicans. 
You're going to, you're going to do this? He says, how do you know that God has called you to this? I said, by this, do you mean Jesus? What I'm doing is not some social thing. What I'm doing is not to fix some issue in, in the world. What I'm doing is to promote the person. Man, did you not, do, do you not do, know what Christ said in John 12, 32? That if he be lifted from the ground, he'll draw all men to himself. That there is power in the resurrection of Jesus. That when you serve and when you exalt a Lord who is both alive and well, he's able to do all things. A God who came from the ground can definitely gather all around. It's because he got up from the ground. He can gather all around to worship. I said, man, I believe this so much so that not only is it in my heart, and I pray it's in the ministry that God has for me. But I want it in my home. People at times look at us, my wife and I, in the riot. When we walk around with a blessed and favorite young man named Chasen. He called me dad and called Alicia mommy and people like, Something wrong, girl. And this pastor, yeah, this, this is true. This pastor had the audacity to tell me, so you want to foster and adopt a white child or a child that is not black when you know that the system is filled with black children. So you want to adopt a child that's not yours has a different background, a different ethnicity. He says, tell me why. I said, do you mean who? <laughs> See, I said, man, if you had noticed, and if you are saved, I, I now doubt that. I, I, I'm, I'm really questioning that. Do you not know that your big brother, if you have been adopted, is a Jew? Now, he a Jew, and you a Gentile, but yet you still his brother if you are saved. So, 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 you're cool with having a Jew as a savior, but not a white as a sister brother in Christ. Man, help me to understand. He says, he says, he says, he says, okay, that's fine. I said, man, also number two. Here's why I believe God has called us to foster and now to adopt Chase. It gives me, my wife, and Neriah, and, and, um, and the Omni family who has accepted and loved Buddy like your own. It gives us the opportunity to exercise a supernatural love, not only to us, but through us. And my family is willing to be insulted, <laughs> to be persecuted, 
to be slandered because of what he is doing through us. Let me tell you the last words of this pastor, or should I say religious person. He said, if that's the case, go plant that white church, but not with my black money. And my head dropped. And you are a pastor of a church over 3,000 people. And your heart is this way towards the kingdom of God. And people flock to you. But I wonder, are they flocking to Jesus? I mean, what God has put before us is no easy thing. But we don't gather here for a pastor. We don't gather here for music. We don't gather here for you or for me. We gather because of Jesus. And whenever we keep our eyes and heart on him, y'all, we'll be all right. We, we gather, we, we love, we, we worship because of him and nothing else. It's because of him. Everybody in this room, we set aside our, our preference for him. Prefer for him. The type of preacher I would want to be under for him. It's all about him. And, and, and as we keep it about him, Omni, we will be all right. But we got to keep it about Jesus. And we have to expect that when we do this, the world and those who practice religion won't be fond of it. Christ said in John this, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it, that, that it hated me first. If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own, as it is. You do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will all say, also obey yours. Look what he said. Listen, listen, listen. Whenever we suffer for the sake of Christ, it's not about us, it's about him. Stop making so much of you when you suffer. If you're suffering for him, people don't hate you, they hate him. It's about him. So don't get so easily offended. They can't stand the Savior you live for, the Savior you love, and the Savior you are devoted to. They can't stand him. So, in part, they can't stand you. It is so deeply rooted in Christ that when Paul was going around killing Christians, Jesus asked Paul, why are you trying to kill me? This thing is about Jesus. The reason we suffer is because of Jesus. And my fear is that many Christians don't have the courage 
even if they're willing to lose friends because of the faith, to lose family because of the faith, people are losing their lives. People's homes are being destroyed because you want to keep your friend. You want to say the nice thing rather than say what God would have you to say. Why do you not want to be hated when they hated the one that you call Savior? Suffering is a reality for every son and daughter. Suffering for Christ is the reason why every son and daughter. But how do we respond in suffering? Verse 12, Christ says, be glad and rejoice. <laughs> Don't complain. Don't get mad. Don't get even. Be happy always. Because you are being harassed, hurt for me, not because of you. He says, blessed are you when you are harassed for me. Rejoice and be glad always. I don't care how much they, they hurt you. No matter how much wrong that you, you do, you give them a smile because your, your Savior suffered the same way. But not only should we Rejoice and be glad to those who insult, do us wrong, and slander our name for his sake. In Luke's version, he says this. In Luke 6, verse 27, says this. But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. This is how priests, daughters and sons of the Most High, we, we, we respond, we, we respond with, with joy, with clarity, but also we respond with those who do us wrong, with doing good to them. And those who mistreat us, we are to pray for them. And those who curse us, we are to bless them. Is this how you respond to those who insult, persecute, and slander your name? How do you respond? He says, First, rejoice and be glad. But why? He says, because great is your reward in heaven. Persecution is followed by a great reward in heaven. Let me say this. Paul says in Romans 8, verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of the present time, are not worthy, are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. Listen, listen, listen. One day, all this suffering is going to cease. One day, all the sin will be dealt with. Satan will be dealt with. One, one day, we will see Jesus as he is one day. 
will put on new bodies, no suffering, no death, and we will be able to experience the joy and love of God forever. So why not go through the, this, this minor and light time of affliction on earth? It's just a short time. And he said, hey, man, though you suffer now, it will be greater later. Then go ahead and suffer for my sake. Go ahead and be talked about, lied on, done wrong for my name. Because I promise you one day, beast, we'll dance. You will be able to enjoy my presence without suffering once and for all. Our reward is great. The sufferings we face now will completely overshadow, will be overshadowed by, by the glory that awaits those who trust in Christ. But he didn't stop there. He says, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Think about what he's saying here. When we, when we, are, when we, when we are persecuted, we are receiving the same response that Moses, Jonah, Isaiah, and Daniel received, even Stephen in the Bible. In Acts chapter 7, there's this guy named Stephen who is preaching the gospel. And y'all, he's, 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 he's preaching the gospel. And it gets to a point where they are not listening to him. And he says, hearts and ears, you stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit. As your ancestors did, you also do. Now, while he's going off proclaiming Christ, they are gnashing at the teeth, becoming very angry at Stephen. And in the midst of this, God, through his spirit, grants Stephen this opportunity to see Christ standing when most times we hear him sitting. Look what it says, y'all. Whenever we hear of Christ in the Bible, after coming up from the grave, he's, he's always sitting and not standing. But look what it says in Acts 7, 55. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven. He saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices, covered their ears, and together they rushed against him. And the end result was y'all, they stoned him. And while they were stoning Stephen for proclaiming Jesus, Christ got up from his seat and began to applaud. <laughs> Congratulate Stephen, saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, that's what he will pronounce over us as we serve and suffer faithfully for his name. That we're going to an applause and approval for him who suffered for us. That we will learn that, 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 that we will know how to suffer 
for him. Here is the counsel that I see that Stephen himself took from the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3, that whenever we are caught suffering, being insulted, lied on whatever, it says in Ephesians 12, 2 and 3, let us keep looking, let, let us keep our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> the one that we are suffering for, let us keep our eyes on him, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, here it is again, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him. The one who left the glory of heaven. Consider him, the one who put on human flesh. Consider him, the one who dwelt among us. Consider him, the one who was insulted. Consider him, the one who was centered. Consider him, the one who was persecuted. Consider him, the one who was beaten beyond recognition. Consider him, the one who died the death that we should have died. Consider him, the one who absolved and satisfied the wrath of God for us. Consider him, the one who was buried in the grave. Consider him, the one that death couldn't hold and, and, the, and the grave gave back. Consider him, the one who, who conquered death, Satan, and sin. Consider him, the one who stands for you, applauding you whenever you suffer. Consider him. Not you. Consider him. Look to him. Focus on him. No matter the insult, slander, or persecution, consider Jesus who endured such as grow weary and give up while being persecuted for his sake. Saints, those loved by Jesus, here's the reality. We are called to suffer. But make sure that we're suffering for the right Reason for Jesus. Make sure that when you are going through suffering, that you respond biblically, that you rejoice and be glad, and you do good and pray for those who do bad to you. That in the end, Christ, not only will he get up out of his seat, he's one day coming back for those who suffered for his glory and for his name's sake. Let us consider him. Father God, we thank you and we love you. And sometimes the way that we avoid suffering does not display that, does not show that, but we love you. We are so grateful that you came, that you lived, that you, and that you suffered such a gruesome death, but yet you got up again. <laughs> we don't serve a God who was dead, but a God who was alive and well, having both the keys of death 
and haze in his, in his hand. We serve a victorious Savior, a risen God. And God, for that we thank you. Help us, help us, help us to, to know, believe, and understand that blessed are those who persecute that are done wrong for righteousness. For theirs, and only theirs, is the kingdom.